What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Underdogs Podcast. We're on to episode number 21 now. My name is Jordan Daly. We got Craig Smith, Mike Taylor. Say what's up, guys. What up? What up, world? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Craig, I'm going to pass it over to you to introduce the guest. Yes, today we got a special guest. I remember playing this guy my freshman year in the palestra. We played Temple in the NIT. This guy, yeah. I, I watched a lot, man, has really big game, have a lot of respect for him. He is a recent Big Three champion with Trilogy, an Italian Cup MVP, and a multiple-time champion overseas. Please give yeah. it up for DC's own, David Hall. Hey, welcome to the Underdogs Podcast. Appreciate Thanks it. for having me, man. Man, man, it's a, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you on. Appreciate you for your time, man. We're going to hop right into it. We want to get into your, your upbringing, how your house, household was, you know what I'm saying, what your family dynamics was, Um, you know what I'm saying, just being born in D.C., kind of like just walk us through your upbringing. Uh, so basically came up mostly with my mother, my sister and brother. Uh, when I was young, my father, my mother, you know, had their differences and, you know, we, we stepped out, but this was... Um, when I was born, um, we spent a lot of time with my grand, my grandmother, my, uh, my father's mother. My mother's originally from Philadelphia. My father's from D.C. So she moved down here when they got married. And uh, so when we were younger, we spent a lot of time, you know, my grandmother. So but for the most part, when we left, when, when I left with my mother, my, my, my siblings, we moved um, to Maryland, PG County. And really, we kind of hopped around for a while with relatives and stayed in basements, one rooms in the house. You know how it was like. Yeah, for sure. Kinda, as long as we were together, we was good. And moms made sure that home. I was home. Yeah. Wherever we laid our hair was home. So, but yeah, man. So my brother, my older brother, he, he actually, he's the one who, you know, put the ball in my hand. I didn't grow up. It's weird because I wasn't into sports like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, my brother was my idol. When he played, like, that's who I wanted to be. So, so when, did you, when did you start? Like, when did you start wearing, bro, put the ball in your hand? Like, when did you start playing ball? So, actually, um, we went to it was this private school that was from kindergarten, 12th grade. So, my brother was playing varsity. And I guess so. I was in the sixth grade. So I'm trying out for uh, trying out for junior high, and I was trash. There was no way I was supposed to make the team. The only reason I made that team because of the clout that my brother had. Mm. So when that happened, he was just like, you know, we we didn't have we didn't have a basketball court at our apartment building. We had to we used to play on this brick wall, and when you shoot, you're actually shooting a brick because to make it, it has to bounce. It all it bounces right back. If it bounces twice, that's a miss. So if it hits the corner, it bounces right back, that's your shot. But he just, he told me to dribble around, take the ball everywhere. So I dribbled, dribbled, dribbled everywhere I went. So I always said handle, couldn't shoot, do nothing else. But I made the team and then, but I always had the work ethic to work hard and competitive enough that my friends are better than me. I want to get there. How do I do that? So strength shoes, walking on your tippy toes, push-ups. Yeah, jump ropes, all that, all that stuff. So I would say I was probably like 13. 13 was when I first started playing like um, 
organized. Okay. The high school, the high school that you went to produced like okay. multiple pros and all of that. Just talk about, you know, high school and, and, and your journey, you know what I'm saying, as you start developing your game and getting there. Right. So as I start developing, I was still at that high school that I told you about <clears throat> from kindergarten to 12. Okay. And my mother was a teacher there and everything, so tuition was free. Um, this is in PG County, Maryland. So they didn't have that clout as being like a, you know, so I, I'm getting better. Like I said, I put the work in. I put the work in. So sophomore year, I led the county in scoring. Mm. So I'll be having 40, but we'll lose by 40. You oh. know what I'm saying? We playing against the Newport <laughs> Preps, against DeMar Johnson, mm. uh, the Mathis with Keith Bogans, Joe Forte, oh. those guys. So I'm competing, but it's really no competition for them. So, again, my mother never – my mother never really wanted me to play basketball. It was my brother. And um, at that time, my brother uh, was incarcerated. So, uh, you know, I'm talking to him. He's he's giving me the guidance, but from, you know, he's not there with me. So what year in high school did your brother get locked up, or was this before high school? So I was in high school. My brother got locked up when I was, I want to say, 15. How did that like mentally, you know what I'm saying? That being like basically like your father figure, your role model. Like when that role, you know what I'm saying, was taken away from you or right. that void was, you know what I'm saying? Like you felt that void of that presence being there. What did that do to you like mentally? Like just kind of talk about that and how, you know, I know basketball kind of felt that void a little bit because that's what he gave you, right? For sure. So think on that for me. So, so when, um, you know, he's locked up, I'm, you know, I'm going to visits and everything with my mother. I'm seeing her go through it. Mm. Oh, and it's going to be something interesting I'm going to share. I think the, the Statue of Limitations is good on this, so I'm going to share something interesting to you. But <laughs> anyway, good. so about that void, always hung with older guys, some of my brother's friends. Uh, when I play with, start to play with DC Assault, that AAU program here, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, looked out for me, Curtis Malone. But my brother, he was always still there because he was he was local. He didn't get sent away yet. So I would see him enough that he could keep me. He could anytime I'm getting out of line, he could do that over a phone call over that 15 minutes. They give him Hey, stop doing this. Stop doing this. So I, I had my bumps and bruises as well. But. He pretty much kept me in line, but just him physically not being there, I had to look up to the, you know, the guys who can, can help me out and get it done for me. Uh -huh. So moving forward, I go to uh, Archbishop Carroll because now I want to be able to compete against those guys with a chance to win. So Archbishop Carroll is in a, a conference, the WCAC, Washington Catholic uh, Athletic Conference, that's Dematha, Gonzaga, St. Paul, I mean, um, Paul VI. So that's when I'm playing against Roger Mason, yeah. Joe Forte. DeMar Johnson wasn't in that in, in the WCAC, but just him being in a private school, the prep school. I played against all those guys, and they were a little older than me, but I was able to compete with them and develop my game. Mm -hmm. So that was Archbishop Carroll. And then one of the players I looked up to once I start getting into basketball and and doing my research was Lawrence Moten. 
And Lawrence Moten, you know, is the all-time big leading, all-time Big East leading scorer. He's he's an alumni from um, Archbishop Carroll. So I actually wanted to go to Syracuse. Um, Bayheim didn't offer me, um, but Georgetown offered me. I didn't want to stay home. So this is the little gem that I'm gonna drop to you. My brother was fighting, fighting his case. You know, we're we're living, like I said, in my aunt's basement and stuff. We don't have the money to fight that. So I originally signed with Tulane because somebody on that end made sure my brother's lawyer was straight. Mm. And then, and my brother told me, don't do it. He was like, don't go where you want to go. Go where you want to go. Don't do it for me. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, you can't tell me that because you don't know how it feels for me to be out here without you. Mm. If there's a chance to bring you home for me to just go anywhere, I'm a hoop wherever I go. So what happened was Temple was my number one choice, but Tulane took care of what I needed them to take care of. It just so happened that when I signed with Tulane, that coach left Tulane and went to Miami, and Miami was my second choice. They The stipulation for them, because you know when you sign with a school, mm-hmm. you sign with that school. You don't sign with the coach. So the coach leaves, okay, your name is on that national letter of intent to play for Tulane. So they, they, they let me out of my commitment, but I couldn't go to any conference or SA school, and I couldn't go to Miami. So I ended up where I wanted to be anyway, and my brother's lawyer was taken care of. Mm, nah, that's dope, bro. Like, you kind of unpacked it a lot, you know what I'm saying, in there just your reason why. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a lot of people had like, what's your reason why for doing it? You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, shit, you you always been the stand up dude. So that it, it matches it. And you know what I'm saying? It kind of bring that, you know what I'm saying? It kind of bring everything together. Now, just hearing that and knowing that part about you, bro, like for real, for real, that's 100. And then just that mental impact, that mental anguish that now it's a highlight to everything like mental health. Like going through it back then, you know what I'm saying? And then kind of realizing the business and sports, like I can kind of get some things handled yeah. on my own through the game. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's actually bigger than basketball already. Like, you know already. So, already. So A plus B does equal C. Okay, I got it. Let's get D and E. Let's go. For sure. Let's keep it moving. So yeah. So All that's right. why I was happy, man. So it just, you know how it happens, man. I ended up at Temple. And I'm giving Craig Smith and Boston College 35 to Palestra. That wouldn't have happened if I <laughs> that wouldn't have happened if I if I went to Tulane. <laughs> Buckets. We wouldn't even guarding each other. Why you put me out in there? <laughs> no, 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 it your, no, it was Troy Bell's team. Like you say, he's a freshman, but you was I was a freshman. Y'all was giving your man problems, but then y'all was just we couldn't even get the ball out of bounds. Like four, five possession. I was high. We can't even get the ball out of bounds, Mike T. It was yeah, man. Good times. Good times. Good times. But speaking of that, right? You get to play for a Hall of Famer and John Cheney. Like, how was that experience? So that experience was great. Like, like I said, Temple was my number one choice. It's crazy. I went on my visit. I told, I told uh my mother said, don't commit to anything while you're there. All right, Ma. But I told him when I got there, Big Kevin lied. He's from D.C. Um, D.C. D.C. Assault alum. He was my OG at Temple. 
I told him, I was like, man, Kevin, I'm coming here. So he's, he's, he slipped out and told Coach Chaney. So they're thinking I'm coming here anyway. So when my, when my high school coach went to call Coach Chaney, it was like David made his decision. Coach Chaney's like, yeah, I know. He's coming here. <laughs> nah, he's going to, he going to Tulane. You know, if anybody knows Coach Cheney or knows anything about him, he's no cut cards. Like, man, what is this? How is this podcast? Is this? It's on YouTube. Speak, speak. You can say what you want. You can say what you want. Speak, you say what you want. We need to blur people. Man, F this kid. All right, F him. I don't need him to come here. This, this, and that. So when I came crawling back to him after I left Tulane, oh, who? Hawkins. Ain't that the kid that did reneged on this commitment? Fuck him. I don't want him. <laughs> so luckily the coaches and everybody's like, nah, Coach Lyle, we please, please. So Coach Cheney and rest in peace. Um, he was so influential, not just in my life, in everybody's life, because he was more of a teacher and a father than anything. And I know a lot of people say that about a lot of coaches, but in this case, it was true. Like, People don't know Coach Cheney got teacher of the year in Philadelphia. He was a teacher at Simon Gratz High School before he got into coaching. So he was actually a teacher. He taught you. And him being a black man, you know, coming up and, and all the, the inner city youth that came to Temple and everything, he was like a father figure because a lot of them didn't have fathers at all, not just a father figure. So he saved my life on so many occasions, mm -hmm. like – I mean, I didn't. I was headed down the same road my brother was, and I remember the judge calling Coach Cheney, and, and you never knew about this. You can't even Google this. Mm. No, nope, that didn't come out there. Coach Cheney gave that man an autograph, and everything got dropped. Ever got out? Somehow, I think the NBA's, you know, they vicious when they're in their in their. That's the game. They find out. Up. They found out. They asked me about it for sure. They gonna find out. But yeah, man, Coach Cheney, he was is a blessing. It was a blessing to be a, a part of his his life and his program. So he was he was from DC too. No, he Coach Cheney, he coached in Philly. He he lived in Philly. He's actually from like Florida. Okay, he's from Florida, but he I guess he came to Philly at some point young. Mm -hmm. But uh, before he got to coaching at Temple, he was a a, a teacher at Simon Gratz. Simon Gratz. And I don't want to misspeak. I don't know if he ever became the coach of Simon Gratz. I know he taught there. Then he went to Cheney State before Temple. But Simon Gratz is Aaron McKee. What's my man? Rasheed Wallace. Yeah, Simon Gratz, Marty Collins. A few people went to Simon mm. Gratz. So was that the year that you had to sit out too? Your freshman and sophomore year or no? Yeah, so that year, that year I was just – that's what I'm saying. It was a point – where I would just, like I said, I was headed down the wrong way. It was, I set out because I just didn't go to class. Like, I didn't go to the class I didn't like. <laughs> so I passed, yeah, I passed. So it was like I passed everything, <laughs> everywhere I went. And then it was nope. two classes that I just didn't go to. And what happened, I could have, if I'd have been straight up and just uh, dropped the class, yeah. It wasn't counted as like an F. I took an F. So yeah. that F brought my GPA down and I was ineligible. Yeah. And that that is one thing that I regret because those seven games that I missed going into my sophomore year, you remember, y'all, rem 
Well, you see, you know, you didn't go to college, so you you went a different route, Mike. But Craig, you remember uh, Athlon Sports? Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the season, every you looking to see yeah. if you're on the cover for your for your region. <laughs> you looking at the top players in your position. I yeah. never forget. I think I was like top fifteen wings in all of college, and they said he might be the key to Coach Cheney getting his Final Four appearance because uh-huh. the year my freshman year we went to the Elite Eight. Yeah. So coming into that year, our season started with. Duke, Maryland, Florida, Wisconsin. Mm. I missed all of them. They've been ineligible. I'm talking oh. about Duke and Maryland at Madison Square Garden. You know? Yeah. yeah. Those big those, opportunities. Yeah, those big seven opportunities. Games, those <laughs> seven games right there could have been the. That was the That was it. So my first game back was against Alabama, and we played at the Meadowlands where uh, the Nets used to play. Mm-hmm. Where we played against Rod Grizzard and Mo Williams mm. um, on ESPN, 16 and 12. Dickie V hyping me crazy. They missed him. He's back, baby. <laughs> but I really missed those, uh, those other games, really. Of course, of course, if I could do it all over again, I would do it right, but... That's, I mean, when they say you got the books, the books are most important. You need those books to be on the court. If, if you're going to go the college way, you either got to have it d- done the right way where they're going to get you the grades or you got to go get your grades. But yeah. simple definitely was you're only going to get what you put in. No, I, uh, I definitely went to college and that was kind of, I had a similar incident like that to where, Oh, you went to Iowa State? Yeah, yeah. You I just went through the draft through the G, the D League. My bad, my bad. You did go to Iowa State. I lost my basketball scholarship because of a reason like that. Like I was, okay. I stopped going to a class mm-hmm. and dropped my GPA. So I kind of lost my academic part of my scholarship because gotcha. of that. I, I was supposed to drop that class. It wasn't toward. If you drop it, it doesn't count towards your grade. Exactly. I never dropped the class. Like being that you've been through that situation, do you have any teaching points for the young generation now when you come across some people? Do you do you explain to them like how much of important it is for them? And I'm saying not to mess up just because you know how it feels and you've been through that situation. Yeah, for sure. Because you want to be able to take advantage of all opportunities that are presented to you. And for one the right thing to do you're getting a a free education you have kids who are struggling like with student loans or can't make it to a school because of this you kind of like shouldn't take it for granted the fact that you're an athlete and getting you know a free scholarship so it costs me nothing to go to go to class that's just about being not responsible Hmm. so what i would tell people like i would tell my you know my children is um one of the biggest things when you go to college as we know is is the you're not used to being on your own accountability so, so it's the accountability and it's the time you gotta that you gotta be able to to schedule your time you <laughs> yeah. feel what i'm saying if you want to go party go party but you know you got to practice you got to do this you got to set your schedule right 
I, I, t I tell the youth, I tell the kids to, to take advantage of all the opportunities because it's going to be here, then it's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. yeah. So in this short window, you, you really can't take any days off. Really, it's, it's, it's cliche, no days off, but it really isn't no days off. Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, and I feel that same way too. Like if I don't, if I play this whole next year, just like you said, if you play those seven games, Ain't no telling you might be top 10 a lottery pick. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no telling you might fall in the between 15 to 20 in the first round. You know That's what I'm saying? Like, ain't no telling because they coming to see Duke. They coming to see Wisconsin. They coming to see, you know what I'm saying? At, listen, they, they, come, they, were come, they were coming to see us too. For sure, like, of you course. You just came from the Elite Eight. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? So exactly. I so, look at it like those seven games. Wasted the bag. For one, I'm the third all-time leading scorer at Temple, second to second. Nobody's catching Mark Macon because he came from a he came from an era where you stayed all four, and he averaged twenty every year. But Lynn Greer, who's my teammate, has like seventy more points than me. He's second. Those oh, seven games easily been seventy, and those seven games, if we win two or three of them, we're in the tournament. You see, that's the other thing I took for granted. I only went to the NCAA tournament my freshman year. Mm -hmm. We went to the NIT, the other three. So if we make it to the, you know, back to the tournament that next year, I might come out of school then. You feel, you know how it is. I'm All it takes that one game. Like <laughs> All it takes, one game. All it takes. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole course. Man, that's crazy. Maybe you learn. And hopefully you live long enough to learn from from it and teach others. That's it. You're passing it forward. No, you were listed like this guard forward position when it was just like that wasn't like a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like it was hard to put you in a position because you you tough, you hard body, but you can handle the ball, right? right. So it was either like you know we coming from an era to where it's like. You got to, everything got to kind of go through the the three man. You got, I mean, everything got to, got to go through the five man and yeah. then it come out. Then it's the shooting guards that get the the, the, the next option. Yeah. Like, then it's kind of like that position that you in. Like, how did you feel you were used in one way or the other? Like, did you prefer one or the other position or like, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of talk us through like, that whole being like that hybrid wing, you know what I'm a saying? Hybrid. That's what I'm gonna say. You hybrid. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so I think I think that, and you know that it's crazy because it's a game of numbers and it's a game of inches. I think if I'm legit six five, I get in. You feel what I'm saying? Because I'm tall enough to guard the three, or you feel what I'm saying? So when I came out. Um, and being measured as legit at like 6'3". Like you said, I wasn't a shooter. I never liked to sit out there and just shoot. Uh -huh. uh, I wasn't super athletic, but I could get to where I, I could finish and get to where I need to be. I always defended. Uh -huh. I can handle the ball, but I'm a scorer, so I'm not a point guard. I, I was always shoot first, pass second. Uh -huh. I think, and then I think the timing of everything is timing and opportunity. I think if I come out of school now and where the NBA is now is different from then. For sure. So now 
but then I remember Jeff Van Gundy told me, he was like, basically, you have to be a more reliable perimeter shooter because mm. the ball is not the ball is going to be in two people's hands, Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming. So when that ball comes out and you got to let it go, it has to go in more times than it doesn't. So that's what took me overseas. Now, overseas is a whole different thing. I could be that player there. I could do mm. bully ball. I could post the, the, the guards. I could mm. take the big man out. And that's when I went over there. My trajectory there was different than a lot of people that I really, it would, wouldn't have made sense for me to come back home. <laughs> yeah, like it was, it went up, it went up fast. It went up fast. So we when I was it. over there with like the PJ Tuckers and the Alan Andersons and the Gary Neals, yeah. they, I, I fully committed over there. They always was like, man, I need to get back. I need to get back. Mm-hmm. And they did. They had to take that hit. Um, come home, summer league, do whatever, try out, and they made it. And I, I'm happy for them because that was their that was their time. That was their role. I had I've always had a family since I came out. I couldn't afford if I have this number on the table, tax free, to come home to try to play summer league to to try to make it. Yep. And if I don't, now we're in November, and that's three checks I didn't missed over there. Mm-hmm. You feel me? So it's yeah. like, is it worth it? So that's why I, I stuck over there, and I was like, so I used to, I used to make light of it, but it's really what helped me to, to flourish over there. I used to be like, man, I'm European. I visit America because mm-hmm. you know I was only <laughs> home for two months. Yeah, two months, two months, and it used to go like this. Yeah, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm Italian, man. I, I'm coming to visit America, and I'm going back home. Hmm. We definitely gonna get into that overseas stuff because you <laughs> a legend over there for sure. Yeah. First, I want to bring it back to kind of the end of your senior year. You wrap up your senior year. You're third in the country in points per game, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was the, yeah. the NBA like on your radar? Were you going to like draft workouts? Were you preparing for the draft and all that? Yeah, yeah, but it's kind of it was a gift and a curse because even though it, it was still an era when. That era, actually, that era, that year was the last one and done year. No, not even one and done. My draft, my senior draft, was the last draft you could come straight out of high school. Mm -hmm. So when that draft happened, and you can look it up, Josh Smith, J.R. Smith, Dwight Howard. Yeah. It's like seven high schoolers. Yeah. Then that was a lot, a lot of European players went. Yeah. So when it came down to they had it was like a small margin for the four year, uh, the four year college guys. Mm-hmm. And that's when like my couple of my peers, like it was a couple four year, four year players that got drafted second round. I just I didn't I, I you know, I didn't make it, but they were definitely on my radar. But it was like they seen too much of me. That's that's what they will tell you. They seen too much of you. So you got this yeah. juicy piece of steak sitting in front of you. Mm-hmm. Tender from high school, you don't know what it's going to taste like, but mm-hmm. you you've seen this Big Mac before. You've been to McDonald's before. You know what this is. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like we only have a few spaces for those guys. So that's why I said timing is everything because the year after that, you can't go one. You can't come straight from high school. So that would have been like 15 different, 15 more draft spots open for me. 
So going into mm-hmm. to draft night, did you kind of have a feeling you weren't going to get picked? Did you not really know? Like, what was that kind of process for you? Uh, you about to take me back and get emotional, man, because I don't like that. You know, they tell you a lot. So it was, I remember being told some things, but I don't, I have no bad blood, but basically Isaiah told me that the Knicks is going to take me at that 47th pick. I believe they took Trevor Reza, who I have no gripe against because Trevor had a great career mm. and still playing mm. champion. So they would have took, I don't know, I'm not going to say a name, but if anybody that, that kind of flaked out, I would have felt the way. But they yeah. took Trevor, and that was a great pick for them. Um, and I think, I believe Rod Thorne said that the Nets, if I was there, would have took me at 40-something. But it was no guarantee, guarantee. So I didn't even watch it. I remember going to the movies. I remember going to the movies and not even being able to pay attention in the movies because my nerves and was so bad, I keep checking my phone. I was disappointed for sure because everybody who plays this game wants to hear their name called on that night. So when my name wasn't called, of course, I, you know, was disappointed. But that same night, that's when um, that's when Houston, Houston called and said, can I come down the next week? And I stayed in Houston for that whole summer up into, um, you know, to up into um, training camp and everything. How was that mentally? Being drafted? Yeah, it's not, not just yeah. – not just not being drafted, but then just not knowing what's next. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, because at this time, like you mentioned, you mentioned something earlier too that I kind of wanted to touch on, right? So you coming up in an era to where it's position basketball. Like if you was in this area to where it's positionless basketball, and everybody yeah. kind of get that free range to kind of roam the perimeter and they ain't gotta, you know what I'm saying? Like you can find somebody to guard at that position yeah. in a positionless basketball. But we was coming up mm-hmm. in it to where you had – Are you a shooting guard? Are you a point guard? Can you run yeah. the team as a point guard? Like, it ain't no Allen Iverson shoot first. There's no West, Russell Westbrooks to where you can come down and take that first shot yep. in the offense. There ain't no Steph Curry coming down across half court and taking that first – that, that was bad basketball. You was doing that. They was like, oh, that's street basketball. That's hood basketball. Like, that was a no-go. So, I know you talked about that earlier. The, the mental, like, I want to I wanna talk about that mental, like, not knowing what was next for you. You know what I'm saying? Realizing that you had to go overseas. Mm-hmm. The heartbreak, the, the, the mental anguish of hearing these promises and all of that, like, yeah. I want to kind of yeah. just get go in depth with that that mental aspect because a lot of the a lot of the stuff that we talk about, bro, we don't never talk about how our mental is affected. So mentally, uh-huh. first of all, mentally feeling empty, True. feeling empty when that draft was over, and it's so crazy. The last pick of the like the first round was David Harrison. Ooh, so I you feel know me? what you were thinking. <laughs> so so when I see it's Indiana and I see David Harris, I'm like, I didn't even work out for Indiana. Mm. But that little that little split second, oh so then it's over. And then you kind of like just imagine you know you're not about to get called, but you're still just sitting there. There's still picks left, there's a chance. 
even though I know I didn't work out for Sacramento or work out for the last three teams that are picking, hey, maybe somebody heard something. So at the end of it, I was home by then. I watched the end of it. Boom. So then you got your, you have your 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 ego, like your. Speak I up. know I'm better than some of these guys. I'm not the best, <laughs> but I know what I didn't did, and I know what I could bring to the table. So I remember draft night going to Delonte West's draft party. It was supposed to be our draft party. You know what I'm saying? Delonte went first round. Delonte came to, to Philly and took my shine. Nobody was talking about me being third in the score, leading score in the nation because St. Joe's was undefeated. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but Delonte is my boy. So I'm happy for him, but I'm also unhappy. You feel what I'm saying? So I'm sitting at that party just going through so many different emotions, being happy for my friend. But just like, damn, what is what is next for me? Mm-hmm. So kind of feeling like a failure to my family, mm-hmm. even though they're bigging me up, like my real family. For sure. My mother, you know, a, a praying mother is going to get you through a lot. So mm-hmm. it's still kind of like, oh, I'm all right, I'm all right. But going into that room, like, what, what, what is next? What am I going to do? Going into that kind of shell. So... Next step, options. Like I said, Houston invited me to go down there early. So I'm there. And then that's the that's the that's another reason why I never tried to get back in the league. That feeling of getting cut. Being one of them that, last picks, one of them last picks. That little frog that come Ooh. up right here. Like you the the harder you try not to not Smell to cry the <laughs> No, it's coming right after that. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember Van Gundy telling me, he called my agent at the time, Leon Rose. It was like, man, I love this kid. Shout out to Leon, bro. I'm trying to get him to be on our coaching staff. Mm-hmm. So that way, when a spot opens up, he's already practicing. Like, he's having this conversation. Leon was like, oh, I never even heard this before. Uh-huh. Like, this is Jeff Van Gundy. So the trades that they made midseason, they were trying to make in the beginning of the season, and they couldn't. So they had one spot open. They had one spot open. Bob Sura got surgery. And, you know, you get surgery, they can't cut you or something. So they had to, by law, have a third point guard on the roster. That's why... When it comes down, if I could have been a point guard by position, that could have been me. So they bring in Andre Barrett, another good friend of mine. But Andre wasn't there for none of the camp or nothing. But when it came down to it, it's just one spot open. We need a third point guard on the roster. So it's crazy. I don't know if I say this or not, if they get in trouble. They kept me on the roster Long enough to get a check. Mm. I don't know how. I got one NBA check from the Houston Rockets. That's what's up. Yeah. So, so, all right, from there. But not to mention, it's right around my birthday. It called in that office. Yeah, this is tough for me. I already know where it's going, so I'm fighting it already. Like, it's a frog right here, Mo. Like, 
I'm like, oh, just just keep it together till you get out like till you get out of this, till you get out of this thing. You walk out, I see T Mac, I see Patrick Ewing, he's on staff, see Dikembe. He make a joke. Damn, young fella, you couldn't make it, huh? Like, I'm laughing at all, but I'm like, nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no. Yeah. I this ain't funny right now, dog. This yeah. I just it's my birthday. I gotta go tell my peoples I didn't make it. I don't know what's so, now. So now that's another. That's why. That's why I say that feeling of getting cut after yeah. being there. That's a whole nother different set of emotions. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to go through that again. I need a guarantee or nothing. So shout out to Stack Five. The the malice at the palace happens at that time. Okay. So we start getting calls because you know some suspensions coming. Mm-hmm. Hey, they need some players. Stick around before you go overseas. This, this, and that. But uh, I don't know who they end up going with. But of course, they wanted some experience to replace experience. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I got a little pump fake there because they was like, we need some wings fast. So they called Leon. Leon told me so. Then it just comes down to. I know zero about overseas basketball. Who is paying me the most? Because I have this these families that I have my family to take care of. Who is paying me the most? It was a second division team in Italy. I had some first division offers. I don't care you first or third division. Who got more money? I went over there to Rieti. Rieti um, is like it's on the outskirts of Rome. Played there for two months. Um, led led them in, led that the A two. They call it A two, the second division. Led them in scoring. The mayor of Rome, Walter Veltroni, calls the coach and says, "I know y'all trying to win the championship to come up to A one, but I need Hawkins." So he gave the president some political power in Rome <laughs> for him to. Let me go. Walter, wow. Walter, Vel, Walter Veltroni. I call him Wally. Walter Veltroni, the mayor of Rome. Dog got diplomatic immunity. <laughs> I think that the president of Rome had a business with like equestrians uh, and horses. And it was this big racetrack in Rome. So he must have gave him like a sweet deal because there was no way he was going to let me go. So I remember yeah. going home. For, it was like a, it was going, it was like a little break. We yeah, played a game, and he was like, he put me to the side. I was like, yeah, man. Uh, when you come back, you're gonna straight the wrong. So don't worry about it. We worked it out. It's a better situation for you. It's good. It's good. I was like, I was in Rome anyway, like every night, like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is perfect. All my, all my little people's in Rome anyway. So oh, let me get God. there. So. Right. From there, it just took off. It really took yeah. off. So yeah, you a big deal, like you. Yeah. <laughs> so you oh, play, yeah. you play for a powerhouse, right? Virtus Roma, is that how I'm pronouncing it? Virtus. 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 Finding instant success. And then you win an MVP. Yeah, so that happened in... When that happened? Virtus, Virtus, Rome is where I first went, right? Yes. 
So we played in the cup one, I think my like my second year over there. For those who don't know, the cup is like a mid-season tournament that's kind of like what the NBA is talking about now. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. The, top, yeah. the top eight teams, the top eight teams, because you play each team twice there. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in Italy, in Turkey, in Spain, you have your domestic league. Yeah. You play every team there twice. Now, some, some teams are in a different cup. That's the Euro League. Or the Euro Cup. That's yeah. when you're playing against other countries, mm-hmm. other teams from other countries. But in in every domestic league, they have a cup mid-season. Yeah. The top eight teams will play like a round robin. So yeah, that cup is crazy. I played against my my former teammate at Temple. He played for Naples. We lost, and I got MVP. Mm. And I gave him the trophy. Like I, it was just I was so. First of all, like I was mad we lost. I was mad that we lost. Like they stopped giving me the ball in the crunch, something crazy like that. I got stitches in my head that game. Had to come back with stitches in all in my braids. Play lost. So they announcing me as the MVP. I'm humbly give it to my friend. Like he's the MVP. He's the winner. Like I don't need no more this no more. I wanted that bonus. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I never won the championship in Rome until later, later, later on in my career. And that was just in Rome, the city, for a whole nother team. But my first championship came in uh when I played for Montepaski Siena with um I don't know if you remember Terrell McIntyre, he's an all-time Clemson great. Uh Romain Sato, who I played against in Xavier, he played with David West. Um, and there was a bunch of good – Henry Domercant, who's a, actually the G League coach for the uh, the Windy City Bulls. Okay. Um, and, a, and a lot of good European players on that team. That was my first championship. How, how many years you in overseas? That was about – that was probably my – if I went over in 2004, 2005, that championship came in 2008, I believe. So you're about four in. So we lost. Rome was losing to that team. Mm-hmm. So I kind of pulled a KD. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I kind of like, hey, listen, I need to get this ring. Mm-hmm. I can't beat them. I joined their ass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I have so was it always in your plans to just find success overseas, being that it just felt a little bit easier um, being that you had a family, or did you always feel like in your heart, like, man, I, I should, should I go back over here and try one more time, or did it just settle in? Let me just create the most success. I I did dibble and dabble, but like I said, I'm not doing that non guaranteed anymore. So that was that was set in stone because every year that I left from overseas, I had a contract and I had a deal on the table overseas but mm-hmm. i came home one year and played with the uh played with the wizards um summer league i played i went to utah for their summer league um camp to make you know the, the little trial before summer league and at that time we were negotiating back and forth with rome so when they saw that it was at i was at camp they was like all right man give him his number so i remember 
leaving practice one time, get my number, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy the rest of my summer. There's no point in me coming. Like, it's n- they don't even have a roster spot. I was just doing it just kind of for the, you know, just to stay in the mix. Relevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so stay relevant, stay in the mix. So once I got my number, I was like, man, I'll see y'all out Vegas, but I'm gonna be partying. Yeah. So basically, me finding that's why i say everybody's road is different i know you hear horror stories from overseas mm-hmm. and, and they are there are some finding the type of success that i found so early that made it a whole lot easier for me to transition and to but i locked in i learned the language like i mm-hmm. i interacted with the fans like i had my family over there with me you know what i'm saying they went to international school and it's kind of that's why i said and once you that was my i lived there to me so you were that wasn't just job. Yeah, was <laughs> the only only american ever to play over there to have an italian nickname what's your nickname falco the hawk the hawk uh-huh. hey el falco, falco. Mm. El falco here el falco. <laughs> sound like a that's mob actually, movie he got a mom it's actually name. hard though <laughs> it is that's what i said it's like it's that's like godfather actually, that's actually hard that's what you need to get with the, on the shirts the hawk or the falcon. Yeah. hey hey yo hey yo go 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 get falco Go get Falco. He needs to hear about this. Put it on his tab, man. Go yeah. get Falco, man. Let's we'll have a sit down. Let's have a sit down <laughs> over a glass of wine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how did you feel when Roma decided to renew your contract right after, you know what I'm saying, you had that great performance and everything? Like, Was that kind of like a little validation? Yeah, it's kind of like they, they end up doing it, but like Rome was tight. Rovers tight, so they back and forth, back and forth. So the problem was at first, there's all you you have your American agent, or you might have a European agent. But if you don't have a European agent, your American agent has a guy that he deals with. Correct. The guy that we were dealing with was basically a pushover. So when we initially negotiated, renegotiated, I'm in the office with the president, the GM. And the pushover agent. And he keeps, my agent keeps calling him, telling him what to say. And he wasn't saying it because he's like, he's he's so worried about his commission or them saying no. He was like, oh my gosh, no. I, 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 I used to, like, he's going through all this. So I, I grabbed the phone. I was like, man, what you say? I was like, this thing, I was like, he did not just say this. I said, I'm about to leave. I'm gone. Y'all take care of this because they were trying to, you know, that's what the Italians do. Yeah. They butter you up. They had the spaghetti and they had the vino. Uh-huh. And low bar make you. you feel good. <laughs> they do everything but the money. You know what I'm saying? They, so I was like, you know what? Let me just, let me step off because what's so crazy is I already had, I had a part, the old president from Rieti, he had a villa. In Rome, and I was missing my party. Anyway, <laughs> so I was like, "Man, y'all can handle this business. The season is over. Let me get here, and y'all do that." So I remember when they came with that number, I was just like, "Damn!" I remember calling my brother. 
because my brother actually came home during that time. My brother never seen me play in college. My brother, when he came home, he had probation and parole for like years. His pro PO said, wouldn't bring me postcard. And wouldn't he wouldn't let him fly, huh? No, let him. Just bring post me a postcard. Bring me a yeah. postcard. Oh shit. Like, you know, that doesn't happen. Nah, they come for that. Not only did he travel out the state, he traveled out the country mm -hmm. within All the right. same year getting released. And his PO just said, bring me a postcard. Nice. That's love. I would have had a whole book That's of them joints. <laughs> <laughs> like, here you go, partner. Did, did you have any other accolades or other good times uh, that you would want to mention overseas, maybe to the viewers? Yes, for sure. But this was this was basically in uh, I, I I enjoyed my time overseas. Like I enjoy every experience. Of course, when you win, that's the top because that's yeah. that's what you're there for. But one one year that's that like stands out is my year in Besiktas in Turkey. A background on Besiktas when Alan Iverson went over and played in Turkey. Mm -hmm. It was for that team, Besiktas. Mm. When that lockout happened, I guess the last year the lockout happened, was that 2013, 2012? Yeah. Darren Williams comes to Besiktas. Oh, yeah. So, listen, so so I left, I left Italy on a bad note because I had a knee injury that they made seem like was more than what it was. And this was, uh, this was Milan. And this is this is Giorgio Armani's team. Like this is that was one of the funnest years, two years of my life. Hey, that's like, when you got that bag, right? Yeah, like, like that's what <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop trying to play it all modest, yeah, man. No. You was getting at this time, like them numbers that you was getting like, and breaking yeah, that look, mark in Europe, bro. It was kind of unheard that, of. That, that came that came in Rome. That came in Rome, huh? Rome, then Siena. Yeah. Okay. But then I was playing that. I was playing my hand because I know Italy wanted me, and it's only three teams that could play in Italy. Mm -hmm. Who want me the most? Okay, so I'm going there. I was really a mercenary for hire. I feel bad saying it, but that's what I that's what I was for a while. So once I ran out of that, it was no more teams. I'm leaving Italy, but I didn't like the fact that they put out there that my knee was done. That's what that, that was the word on the street. My knee was done because I happened to get hurt in the playoffs. So when I signed in that team in, in, in Turkey, I took a pay cut because my knee is done. Nobody's like, ah, you know what I'm saying? So I had to sign something saying if something happens to my knee, they don't even have to pay me because they know about this pre-existing knee injury. So fine. My knee is a little banged up, though. I can't lie, but it's not. I'm not done. I'm just, you know, what I'm saying yeah. I gotta throw it in Maybe. one hand instead of two hands, basically now. So the will comes over. So we have Darren Williams. We make a Sports Center. He having fifty. I get, I get ten assists. All my assists to him. So I'm looking sweet on Sports Center. Yeah. I'm like. People don't even get to see me play at home. So we on ESPN because of D Will. That's my man. The dude, Salt Bay. Y'all know Salt Bay? Yeah. 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 That was our restaurant. Before it went viral, <laughs> yeah. 
Salt Bay was no. feeding D. He wasn't feeding me. He was feeding D. Will that stink. <laughs> it just wasn't on Instagram then. It wasn't. It wasn't viral then. Yeah. But Nusla, his first restaurant is in. He's 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 Turkish. Uh, um, I have. I wish I was at my mother's house. I'll show you. I I wonder how much this is worth now. I have a Nusrat bobblehead. Mm. Salt Bay with a little with a little cleaver <laughs> like this. But wow. anyway, so Darren Williams, the lockout leaves. So my coach is like, we need a big man and we need a guard. So I'm calling home. You know me, Mike. I'm calling my homies. I called DJ. I called Eddie Baston. I'm like, we need a wing. Like, man, what you doing? You all right? You all right? My coach is like, what you think about Carlos Arroyo? I'm like, I don't know him like that, but shit, I love, like, he could play. That's why me and Poppy is like that now. Ah. You know what I'm saying? Makes so sense. we brought in Carlos Arroyo to replace Deron Williams. Then we bring in Pop Spencer Basu, mm -hmm. who was walking the rim off of everything yeah, over there. <laughs> so that year, we won the Turkish Championship, mm -hmm. the Turkish Cup, and we were in the Euro Challenge. So we did what they call a trifecta. Trifecta, yep. Wow. The trifecta. I was the captain of the team. Oh yeah. That was my big. That was my. That was my biggest moment overseas. That's big. For that, because it's crazy. I played in these were the Kobe's. I don't know the number, but in each championship, I wore the Kobe's. One time it was red. One time was the blue ones, one time was the white ones. And I have those Kobe's. Red, white, and blue Kobe's, each from a championship. So we'll fast forward to 2017. Ice Cube decides to create a three-on-three -three basketball league called the Big Three. Yeah. Originally, it's for, for guys that played in the NBA who may have aged out by you know other people's yeah. rules. And then you come along, no NBA experience, impress Ice Cube enough to allow him to let you in as the only non-NBA player into the league. Right. How did that how did that happen? So I'm gonna tell you how that happened. The league is about to start. They're talking about it. Roger Mason is a part of it. Yes. Roger Mason at that point lived in the next neighborhood over from me, the next gated community over from me. So Roger is sitting down talking to me like, because Roger's always bouncing ideas. Hey, man, we think we thinking about doing this, this, and that. I didn't even pay him no mind. Man, he's like, Ice Cube, this, this, this. It's going to be for, like, because he was like, when you stop playing, what do you do? You go to coach, you go to be a commentator, but your fans are still your fans. What happened mm -hmm. to the people who... Who not doing this and they out of sight, out of mind. So I was like, shit, Roger, I need in. Because it wasn't by rule you had to have NBA experience. Like they tried to put that stigma out in the beginning, which made it look better for me. But you didn't have to that first year. You didn't have to have NBA experience. You just had to have professional experience. Mm -hmm. It just so happened that I was the only one that didn't have NBA, NBA experience. <laughs> but I wasn't drafted either. I was overseas, and they had the trials and the draft in, in Vegas, and I couldn't make it. So, But my name was in the draft pool. I'm sick. 
because I'm like, one of y'all dudes I knew could have drafted me. You know how I be, Mike. I'm like, one of y'all could have picked me up. And I'm still younger than than all of these dudes. Mm-hmm. And I'm overseas playing right now. Right. So luckily, they made it like how it's changed every year. But that year, you had a reserve, and you had a reserve that was stuck to that one team. Okay. So a team was able to pick one reserve in case something happens. You don't go into the draft pool. You have your reserve. So okay. three's company, DJ, made me a reserve for that team. So what happened, Ruben, Ruben Patterson, mm-hmm. he was always the odd one out when I went to play. So he was the one that had to sit. And then if you sit, you don't get a check. So when I start playing, Ruben is going to them like, who is this Hawkins guy? He didn't even play in the NBA. Mm. That's when it became like a thing. Like, oh, he wasn't even in the NBA. Like, what is he even? Now other people are saying it. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't be. Mm. Boom. So I don't make no noise. I play four games. So I said, you know what? I don't care where I'm at in life. This next trial, I'm there. So that's when I came to, to we had in L.A., the tryouts. And I was just, I was in blast. Like, I got off the plane from playing the game overseas in a lower division in Rome. That's why I said circle back when I said I didn't win in Rome until later. I went and took a smaller team, a local little team, up one division. But this was like, it's just something for me to stay in shape. It wasn't really, you know what I'm saying? But that helped me. So I go there, and they gave us the cheat code. Rest in peace. They had me on the same team, my boy Andre Emmett. Mm. When we played every game, and Ryan Gomes, and all three of us got mm. drafted. When I say we were going to 25, and the scores was 25 to 3, 25 to 6, 25 to 10. And it was just like, I'm talking about everything was clicking. That was like, it was everything was clicking, but it was like, hey, your turn, Dre. All right, Ryan, go ahead and get a bucket. All right, Hawk time. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. So then, and it's still not even knowing, like, who are these people going to draft because it's only a certain amount of picks. And, you know, half of these people are already told that they're getting picked. Yeah, Some of the people are not even there at the tryout. Mm-hmm. But that's a part of it. I get that. So I'm sitting there. I'm still kind of, like, on, on edge. And I talked to Jermaine O'Neal, and he was like, can you really do that, or is that a special day? I said, it was a special day, but, Jermaine, I could do that too, though. But I'm not going to lie to you. Don't expect this. That, I'm telling you, that trial was special. But so Andre Andre went third. I went fifth to Dr. J, to Amari Stoudemire, Nate Robinson, Bonzi, Jermaine. I'm really kind of like, I thought that year is how it was going to be this year. Go ahead, y'all. Do y'all thing. Yeah. I'm just happy to be here. Dr. J said, I I didn't draft you to, to like to be up under them. I drafted you to do what you did at that combine. I was I didn't even think I was gonna start. Remember, he started me that year. I I thought I was gonna come off. He mm-hmm. started he started me. Nate used to come off a lot because he was a, a matchup because they would try to post him. Mm-hmm. When he told me that, and I don't have to worry about looking over my shoulder, 
that's that was that that year when it was like each 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 week kept getting better and better and easier and easier. You know what I'm saying? Because now I'm figuring it out. Like as long as you're on the court, and at you that can do time, something. and at that time, like all the guys really wasn't active playing. Like they've been sitting at home. Like the league was like real slow. They just like. Ground and pound. That was like they all they were doing was just like beating each other up the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching it. I was watching it like, oh man, they need man, they need somebody out there like me. This is shaking. Yeah, so <laughs> like, from there, so that that's tri-state. So then Kenya calls me. Oh, you don't gotta go through that trial stuff again, man. Um, I'm gonna make you a captain. So that's when I became captain of the trilogy. Came captain the trilogy, didn't make the playoffs. That was that was kind of like a down the disappointing year. Then the pandemic happens. Remember, cool. so pandemic happens. <laughs> Zach Randolph has another year off, so he's like, "F it." But it was supposed to be me, Zach, and James as the captains. So when Zach says, uh, "Nah." And Kenyon's like, nah, I'm out. Stack becomes the coach, and he brings in Jared. See, but I was like, oh, I found out on IG. <laughs> you feel me? Like, I'm like, I'm doing the math. I'm like, oh, Jared, a cap. I call Amir like a dumbass. <laughs> Amir, you trying to hoop this summer? Yeah, I already talked to Jared. I'm, I'm playing. So I'm like, James, man. <laughs> that's three. I'm like, that's three. I'm out. I know yeah. I'm out. Two days later, I see it on IG. So then I'm like, okay, I know what I got to do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That unfortunate thing happens to me during the pandemic when I got shot in my shoulder. And I know now I can say I wasn't ready last year. As you know, I called you. I was yep. trying to call in all favors uh-huh. because, but I also felt like what I could do was more than what other people could do. And I know the big three, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, I wasn't in the shape enough that I should have got but drafted. Your, your, uh, your tri-state year, that was when you was in the MVP talks and everything, right? Yeah. 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 That's that year. So like, don't, don't, Shortcoming, no, no. bro. Because no, no, like, no, no. I'm just, I'm just giving you like yeah, the, yeah, just a, just a preview, just a rundown, just a rundown yeah. of how it went. It went from here, <laughs> went up. but you was in the MVP race, like one of the top two, three. I, I thought that that should have carried over. I thought it's that should have carried over. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I mean, Corey McGetty, he, I remember he told me, he said, I voted for you, and I said. I voted for me too. I ain't gonna lie to you and be like Corey. I voted for you. I voted for me too, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hog. That's hog for you, right there, man. <laughs> so we have this segment called Rhino's Vision, and in Rhino's Vision, I want you to give me your favorite play and give us in detail the situation of how you score. What was the situation like, and what was the atmosphere? I always like to get fans detail. I don't even have to think long. I don't even have to think long about that. <laughs> I don't have to think long about you talking about mine of all yeah. of my career. All time, yep. There's a lot of them. 
But I don't have to think long about this one because of how loyal I am and how petty I could be. This is the year in Besiktas, right? Uh-huh. The year before that, my boy Lonnie Baxter, all-time uh-huh. Maryland great, yep. uh, University of Maryland champ, Lonnie Baxter played for Besiktas as well. He got into it with a Turkish big man. Uh, I forget his name, but they he like got it. They like came to like they came to like blows. You know what I'm saying in the club, yeah. like. So I used to talk to Lonnie all the time. So Lonnie was like, man, did y'all play against Fenerbahce yet? Watch out for this dude. He played dirty, this, 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 and that. Playoffs. No. Fast forward. Back, rewind a little bit. Uh-huh. So I'm already feeling a certain type of way about this dude. And we play them in the regular season. I'll run across the lane for, and he, you know, gives me a little check. Normal. You know, a normal check. I don't, that, uh-huh. I don't bite off that. But you check me, and I turn around, and he in my face like this. Oh, so I wow. smack his hand on my face. I get ejected. But I'm already feeling a certain type of way because my man feel a certain type of way yeah. about you. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, all right, I see what this is. Get ejected, we lose. And Fenerbahce is like our rival and, um, you know, a favorite to win the Turkish League. Yeah. So fast forward to playoffs. Man. As I'm talking, I'm going to try to find this picture on my phone. <laughs> Listen, when I say Pops, Mr. Bonsu, pump fakes, and throws like a wild layup up because he's like trying to flop and get fouled. Mm-hmm. And I had my feet set and got my pity pats right and it bounced perfect off the rim. Hey! My legs is wrapped around dude's neck. <laughs> I'm sitting on his shoulders. Uh-huh. I'm sitting on his shoulders with my hand on the rim. And I tried to, like, I pushed my over into the back of his neck. Hey, I tried yeah. to violate him. <laughs> no pause. I tried to violate no him. <laughs> I did him. So he falls uh-huh. up. Like, he falls all crazy up against the like the railings. So I'm on the rim still. Pops <laughs> Mr. Basu is overtopping him on his face, like, ah! <laughs> so I get off the rail and then I run over there like ah! and the fact that it was in our home place. And if you if you know anything about Turkey, oh, we yeah. got the craziest fans, Bessie Tosh. So the refs wouldn't give us a tech or nothing because they knew the, the fans would go went crazy. Like that that whole place was rocking, and that was playoffs against our rival. So that's that's always gonna stand out to me. Yeah, that's what sick. they call it. Rhino's what's it called? R- Rhino's vision. Rhino's vision. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you very Rhino's much. Vision. You even got me thinking of a picture right now. And Josiah Johnson just said it when you said, I wanted to violate him. (laughs) And I'm trying to find that pick right now. Like, yo, I'm already knowing. Like, the fact when you took off the energy of explosion, and then when you you clapped on the rim, I already know he felt some type of way. Like, when when I saw Pops miss, 
you know how you like run. It was like the it all was time perfectly. I'm like, hold oh, on, I could get this. I could get <laughs> this. Oh, I got this. And yeah. I didn't realize it was on dude until I was on the rim. So <laughs> when I saw him, I wrapped my legs around him so he couldn't get away. Pause on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Pause on that one. <laughs> but yeah, man. Oh, all all forget back for my boy, man. All forget back. I'm already knowing. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So next up, we got the Give a Dog a Bone segment. It's a bunch of rapid fire questions for our fans to get to know you a little bit better. Starting okay. off, this is the Underdogs podcast. We got to know what your favorite dog breed is. My favorite dog breed is actually um, Japanese Akita. Always want to love that dog. I've never heard of that. I'll have to look it up. All right. Yeah. Favorite musical artist. Of all times, Prince. Stop. It's the great, great jelly. That's what uh, Flight said yesterday, or uh, whenever we recorded last with him. Flight said Prince? Yeah. Flight that's did great. say Prince. Is that, that that's just what's going on in the trilogy locker room, which is Prince all that's the time? That's what y'all doing? Nah, but nah, but it's crazy because <laughs> he gave me, he gave me a, out here. Hold on. Did you, grab, did you huh? grab him like this? Did you <laughs> violate him like <laughs> With my legs, though. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> all, right. all right, all right. I'm sorry. You're good. Okay, yeah. good. What is your favorite shoe? Favorite shoe? Oh, rapid fire! Damn, my bad. Uh, phone posits. Okay. DC phone posits and New Balances. Favorite city to play in? Mm, Milan. Mm. Who is your best dunker of all time? James White. Hey, say that. Yeah. Favorite hobby aside from basketball? Oh, it's not really a hobby. It's just spending time with my kids. Okay. I love that answer, man. Who is the hardest player you've had to guard? Whoa. Damn. (laughs) Yeah. Plenty <laughs> niggas done crossed his mind. Plenty niggas done gay hog buckets. <laughs> nah, I'm just saying because it's so many. <laughs> it's just a talk It's just so many niggas. I say ISO Joe. Okay. ISO Joe. Of guard. Yeah, you guys had a nice, you and Mike had a nice one on one this past season. Uh, bring the fire. We got to yeah, play that clip too. Travel. I'll put that in. Travel. Travel. <laughs> Never got me. He got me on a little foot slide. What's funny is in that he video, you can really hear me on travel. Pump fake like that. He don't even pump fake. He used my move with the step through. <laughs> I had to because I knew he was going to foul me, bro. I knew he was about to hack and me. They, so I had and to. they don't call foul or bring the fire. They don't call foul or bring the fire. No. So I knew I knew the foul was coming, so I couldn't go straight up. I knew the first, you know, the first foul coming. <laughs> Who is the best defender versus you? I, I, damn, I say Romain Sato. Every, every year I played against him at Xavier, played against him overseas before I joined him in, in, uh, in Italy. And in practice, it's just, it's tough to get a bucket on him. So it became mental. Okay. Do you have a least favorite city or stadium to play in? Damn, I'm going to get. I'll probably get some slack from this one. But I love playing in Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Oh. I hate going to New York. Anytime I go to New York, I'm ready to leave. 
<laughs> I don't know what. Something must have happened to me traumatic when I was young and must have forgot about it. But I hate going to New York, but I love MSG. New York's a different type of busy, though, so I kind of understand It's that. a different type of busy. Yeah. It is. It's like too much. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it either. All right. What is your favorite movie? Purple and Rain. Ken Craig quoted. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. Purple Rain. And I'm going to just say, look, Jordan, there was a part where Morris Day and the time they was walking and some girl had came up. I forgot what she said. Hey, and this is maybe the first one I forget. But he threw her in the trash can, kept it moving. Yeah. So don't be wasting my time. <laughs> don't be coming up with it, all this craziness. Yeah, man. Purple rain. Bring me some champagne. <laughs> hey, keep the change. Hey, man, go get my change. <laughs> I'm not sure if you know this. Craig can quote just about any movie you throw at him. Oh, did it's, Craig, my man? Craig, insane. my man. Yeah. I'm a movie buff. Craig, a buff for the show. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to see you in like movie trivia or something like that. For sure. know, Sammy Davis Jr. Jr. Big Damone Jr. Big, big, big Damone Jr. All the juniors. All the juniors. Money talks. Money talks. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your uh, favorite current player? My favorite current player is LeBron. I ain't what gonna lie, I'm a all LeBron time. fan. All time, Mike. Okay. If you could, is there anything you'd change about your career? Yeah. If if I could change anything about my career, I would <laughs> change. I would be more. Well, is that a broad question? I would just be more Ask focused it. off the court. I'll be more focused off the court to make sure that I'm on the court. Okay. And that's from that's from high school through to the end. Mm-hmm. More focused I, off the court to be on the court. I love that answer. Yeah. I, I love that answer. That's Falco. 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 I love that answer, Falco. 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 I just, I wish fans, I wish they just, I understand them being passionate. I just wish that they sometimes will have more respect for us, for what we do. Because we know it's entertainment. We know that they pay, sometimes their the ticket sales pay our checks and stuff, but we're not going to come to your job and critique you or downgrade you. I just feel like they just have too much access now to like be negative i was just yeah. wish they were more positive yeah social media has definitely made that worse too yeah and the pandemic definitely i'll say hi what's this is my next star coming up say hi baby hey you'll be in the olympics one day okay yes you will what what, what sport gymnastics hey nice. okay What's your funniest moment being a professional? Dang. <laughs> Golly. Some overseas Chronicles be, be Yeah. I know you got some. I know you got some. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> funniest moment. What was something that I couldn't stop laughing at? Oh, man. Something you seen in oh. the game? Yeah. No, I just, no. I remember... Oh, so this wasn't at the game, but it was overseas. So I told you about how crazy or how wild 
loud and passionate those fans were at Besitas. Yeah. So we're in the mall, and my girl is with me. And it's like, you know how, like, you trying to, like, not draw attention to yourself? Yeah. She starts saying at the top of her lungs one of the little songs they sing at the game. So, like, yeah. Yeah. and got the whole mall hype. Oh, like, geek. Like, geeked in there. I'm like, come on, man. Like, because they, they about it. They about yeah, it. Yeah, they serious. <laughs> they they serious. They and people don't, under, yeah, people don't understand they overseas. It. Like, you do something like that in the mall, and everybody see you and catch, oh, it's, it's going to be a real thing in there. It's going to be lit. Yeah. <laughs> almost, she almost had you sign autographs for an hour. Uh-huh. You think I wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Had to run out the oh. mall. I'm sure. Well, I have a little star. I want to say what's up. What's up, man? Hi, what's going Hi. on? This is my little genius right here. He so said he's t- gonna he's gonna build a machine for the future that we could be inside of the TV. Oh, okay. nice. I could yeah. get that. <laughs> that was, it was beyond me too. Yeah. <laughs> so he finna get that code in and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sir. Time travel, all that. Okay, yeah. Metaverse, he finna have a meta super cyper verse. Yeah, something. He <laughs> tell me it. some stuff sometimes. I'm just be like, damn, I can't even say nothing. I'm like, you right, man. You right. <laughs> just be respectful with it, but you right. <laughs> <laughs> We'll wrap this up as we do every episode. What would you say the biggest lesson you've learned is throughout your entire journey? Oh, just a few, few lessons. Definitely, definitely when you're up, treat it the same as when you're down because you it could be it's like this. So always treat people like the same and treat people how you want to be treated. That's not cliche. Like that's the golden rule. Like do unto others as you want them doing to you. Cause you never know what position you'll be in or somebody else will be in. But as far as like basketball goes, like I said, it's short lived. So leave everything on the court, take advantage of all opportunities you, you get because those opportunities will always be there. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Thank you very much. That'll be one. Awesome. That's going to do it for episode 21 of the underdogs podcast. My name is Jordan. We have Mike Taylor, Craig Smith, David Hawkins, thanks again for coming on and telling us your story. We appreciate it immensely. You, appreciate you, oh, man, you for are, sure. I appreciate y'all. You are a true definition of an underdog, bro. Oh, man. Peace.